Hi, everybody. Welcome back. It is the Pat Miller Program here on this Tuesday. A lot of talk about all the things that we have going on with Pity Pitch and everything else this week. But um, I, I would be making a huge mistake if I didn't make sure that we took radio broadcast time today to talk to our next guest, uh, Jonathan Feldstein, uh, who I know his work and a lot of the writings that he has done. Uh, like our friend that we have on uh, often from Shiloh, Israel, uh, Mr. Rubin, uh, Mr. Feldstein also lives in Israel. He has a son and a son-in-law currently serving in the IDF. So as we talk about that and as we bring Jonathan up on the uh, newsmaker line, Jonathan, uh, the, the uh, conflict going on between Israel and Hamas is real for everybody there, but for you and your two sons, your son and your son-in-law, it's almost beyond real. Well, you know, people ask one another here, how you're doing? And my answer, my stock answer is we're no worse off than anyone else. It's very real because because the, the threats, the, the stress, how it impacts us and our family, uh, yeah, it's very real. But thank God um, at the moment, everyone is safe. No one has been put in harm's way or, or hurt yet. Um, but we know that, as I've been saying since the war began, things are still likely to get worse before they get better. And that's, uh, that's daunting as a 58-year-old father of six and grandfather um, having a newlywed son and a not-so-newlywed son-in-law leaving my daughter and uh, their three kids um, as regularly as they are. Yeah. Um, let me ask you real quick, going back, to that that night when Hamas began to cut through the fencing at the border mm-hmm. and start pouring into the southern portion of Israel and killing people. You know, I, I'll tell you one thing that has just nauseated me today, and I'm just going to be right up front with you, Jonathan. It nauseates me when some of the American press are applauding, oh, they let that little girl go. How amazing. Yeah, they also killed her parents right in front of her. How can we forget yeah. the ugliness of what's happened and just give them a pass? Uh, we can't give them a pass, and that's why the military operation um, is on pause. It's going to continue, and, and Hamas needs to be um, eliminated, and the leaders need to be eliminated. And as unpleasant as that is, and as much as it puts our soldiers at risk in order to do it in a way that minimizes civilian casualties on their side, and that is our goal, that, that, that is uh, legitimate. We, we don't want to kill more people there than, than um, absolutely have to be. Um, but no, that cannot be forgotten, and it cannot be forgiven. Um, and, and they're not looking for forgiveness. They're looking to do it again. Oh, absolutely. can't be let, uh, let aside. What, what, do you, what do you think is, I mean, I, somehow everybody's saying, oh, ceasefire, this is awesome. Now, I don't want any Israelis further held against their will, regardless of their age, their health conditions, or anything. But I can't help but thinking that this sudden release that Hamas is doing is it's a contemplated, calculated move that they're doing because it's their desire to use this to their advantage. This is not to appease Israel. This is to put Hamas in a better place and to put Israel in a very difficult position. Am I wrong? You're a thousand percent right. They are not humanitarians. They're not doing it because they're nice. They've released a horrible propaganda video to pretend that they are doing it for some humanitarian reason. They're doing it because they believe, they probably, they believe that that, that by having a, 
a ceasefire, it will be harder for our troops to get back into the swing of, of combat. They're doing it because they believe that they'll gain world uh, sympathy for, for them and, and seen as the good guys and maybe get pressure on Israel to stop the, 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 the war um, from our side. And they're doing it because I have no doubt. And my son was just home for the weekend, and he has no doubt. And he's going into combat that they're, that they're using the time to entrench themselves further underneath uh, civilian targets on their own side, plus our hostages, and rig traps that they didn't prepare for us that we didn't find yet and will make it much more difficult and, in fact, deadly uh, when when our troops do go back in. There's no question about any of that. So it, it has been a rather serious and struggling couple of weeks for all of you. And let's be honest, for some people in, in uh, Gaza, because Hamas is in control down there, not the people of Gaza. And we know this because uh, Benjamin Netanyahu and everybody with the uh, Israeli government said, we're going to come in. This is where we're going to go. This is what we're going to attack. Head south. Head south. You won't be hit. You won't be hurt. So the people that are trying to start going south uh, on all this, Jonathan, and their own government, Hamas, Turn them back to the north, because once again, their main reason to have people who are citizens is to use them as human shields. Correct. And they don't care who. They don't care who these, who, who their human shields are. They can be Palestinian Arabs in Gaza, or they can be Israeli Jews, or they can be Thai foreign workers who are captured from their, uh, from their job working on an uh, agricultural community in the south. Or they can be an agricultural student from Tanzania who tomorrow is being buried in his home community in Tanzania. We have a representative uh, going to be there, a 22-year-old agricultural student from Tanzania. They didn't care. They slaughtered him. That's that's just unbelievable to me. Um, talk to me very quickly, if you could, Jonathan. We're talking to Jonathan Feldstein from Israel, uh, and he has he, – well, he writes for a lot of people, but he's had a recent column in Town Hall, which grabbed my attention, so I wanted to have him on. And I'm going to warn you right now, Jonathan, this probably won't be the last time we talk to you. Um, uh, it's like with David Rubin. I, I ring his chimes about twice a month. Uh, because there's nothing more than being in Israel to see what's going on. My wife and I were just there in March, um, and after we left, there was some there was some unrest uh, there on the streets of Jerusalem, and the Tel Aviv airport shut down about 48 hours after we got out of there. Um, so I, I know that things are very tenuous, um, but I want you to tell me real quick. You have put together a petition asking for Israel to free their hostages right now. What what are you hoping to accomplish with that? We're not asking Israel to free hostages. We're asking, um, we're asking, we're, we're trying to give Israel the back to, to stand up to the pressure that's still, that's still mounting to continue, uh, to continue to have a ceasefire until all the hostages are released. Now, if that's happening, and I'm not privy to all of the details, then fine and so be it. If this is how we're getting all of our hostages back. But Israel's, Israel's receiving tremendous uh, pressure to have a full ceasefire, and, and the hostages that are left, whether they're dead or alive, will be forgotten by the world. So we need to get Israel the backing. The petition is available at genesis123.co. We're asking people all over the world. And I'm so thrilled. We've got people from already about 70 countries who have signed it. We're calling on the U.N., the International Red Cross, which has been horrific in all of this, 
and the G7 nations and every country that has hostages or has had hostages in Israel, uh, excuse me, in Gaza, to give Israel the backing to do the job that needs to be done. Uh, and again, folks, uh, and, and I know this because I was just at their website. It's love.genesis123.co, not com, dot co. And if you go to that website, their whole site comes up. You can donate to them right there, uh, and you can find out more about this petition. Um, really, I mean, if, if, if Americans buy the score, we are in Fort Wayne, Indiana. We are in the second largest city in Fort Wayne. If all at once we have thousands of people from Fort Wayne that begin to sign a petition to stand with you on this, that's going to be viewed by a lot of people, and a lot of people are going to say maybe there is something to this. Yes, it, yes, it will be. We already also we have. When you go to Genesis One Two Three Co and sign, you see the petitions in English and in Spanish. We set up a separate page in French. We're talking about doing it in German. There's a lot of backing, and we should have hundreds of thousands of people if not millions of people, sign it. It's really, it's really very straightforward. It's not even being pro-Israel. It's just being humanitarian. Right. There's no reason that anyone can't sign this except for certain members of Congress and their backers. Well, that's exactly true. Very glad that Jonathan is with us today. And Jonathan, I'm, I'm warning you. I mean what I said. I'm going to come after you again. <laughs> I welcome that. I welcome that, my friend. Um, uh, now, talk to me real quick about what you mentioned in your article about the psychological warfare advantage that Hamas uses and that it's going to continue. And you talk about even taunting the families of those that they had still held as hostage. I mean, that's that's got to be the lowest of the low, to have a hostage, whether it's a father, a mother, uh, a son, a very young daughter, and to use it to dangle out and to taunt Israeli families as they have them. And let's make no mistake, and I, I referenced this a little bit earlier, but Jonathan, there are a lot of Palestinian people, Arabs, that are in Gaza that they don't want any part of this either. It's just they have nothing that they can do about it. Well, they do. You know what? You and I are Americans, and there was this thing called the uh, Boston Tea Party and the American Revolution, and there have been revolutions. And I, and I agree that there are innocent uh, Palestinian Arab civilians, but I also put responsibility on them because the majority of them do support Hamas. Having said that, I don't want to see the death or harm come to anyone who, who really is not a uh, combatant or supporter of this, but they can take responsibility for their society. They were given an opportunity in 2005 when Israel withdrew, and, and they could have built a Singapore on the Mediterranean, they, and they didn't. They destroyed their society, and they let Hamas come in two years later to, to hijack them. Um, we're not we're not disregarding that, but we need to create peace and security for what's going on here in Israel. And yes, the psychological terror is no less. And I'm and I'm a I'm a victim of it. I'm sitting as I speak to you with the TV on mute, watching the repeated role uh, role of of uh, tonight's hostages being released. And in a few hours, we'll see the pictures of the families reunifying with them. And it's it, and I wake up. I go to sleep with a lump in my throat, and I wake up with a lump in my throat. And and every day I'm just trying. I'm digging in. I'm so obsessed with this. It's my 9/11. I know. I know where I was in New Jersey on September 11th. And for weeks I was obsessed. And I'm obsessed like this now with the one with one main difference. It's the same Islamic terror, but they weren't out to destroy the United States of America. Hamas and Iran and Hezbollah and the little. Houthi tribe in Yemen 
were given the opportunity, they would wipe us out as they're chanting from the river to the sea. And, well, and, the, and that's, not a, that's not a slogan. No, that's, that's not a slogan. That, that's a goal. Uh, that that's an eradication. It's just like putting a giant squeegee at the Jordan River and swiping everything from Jerusalem into the sea. Well said. Uh, it's it's just it's just it's sickening to me. And and the thing and I, I know I'm taking more time with you than I said I would, but the thing that gets me on this, Jonathan, is Israel. If you look at the nations around them that are Arab, they have no Jewish populations in those nations. I look at Israel, and I saw this when we were there. And there's 22 to 23 percent of the population of Israel that are Arab. Now Hamas may not tell anybody this, but the Israelis and the and the, the, the the Jews and the Arabs in Israel seem to get along with each other, and they seem to be able to do business together. Uh, you know, Hamas is going to mess up everything for those people as well. Well, yes, indeed, and I'm going to share a little secret. I live in Judea, as in Judea and Samaria, okay. as what some people refer to pejoratively as the West Bank. I live closer to a Palestinian Arab village than anyone slaughtered on October 7th did to the Gaza border. And, and that's created a whole different way of looking at our Palestinian Arab neighbors, many of whom, many of whom we've had, had in our home. Today I went to the grocery store. There are a lot of Palestinian Arabs who work there. And I regret this, and I regret it deeply, but it's changed how Israeli, Israeli Jews look at all of their Arab neighbors, whether they have an ID, a blue Israeli uh, ID and citizenship, or they're Palestinian Arabs who, who are under the auspices of the Palestinian Authority. It's harming all of them. It's creating distrust. And my wife has said since, September, since October 7th, we will never, ever, ever have a Palestinian Arab come in to do work in our home ever again, because we can't trust them. We don't know who's mapping out, who's already been in and has mapped out our home for terrorists. So who's going to join the terrorists and just walk across the, 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 the ridge in between us? If it were a night out, I could put on a, a video and show you how close we are. You see the minaret of the mosque with no magnification whatsoever. They could walk across and they could do exactly the same slaughter that they did uh, several weeks ago. And it's changed. And, and I'm somebody who believes that we can and must coexist, and there is coexistence. But this has changed that. And the, the empty parking lot across the valley from my home, where the workers come in on a daily, used to come in on a daily basis, has been empty for nearly two months. And I'm mindful of the fact that that means if you're a Palestinian Arab man and you can't earn a living, you're you're creating social unrest within your community and you, and your um, and within your family. Well, they, they become very desperate. I, I, oh, it, it, it's, it's horrible. Hamas doesn't care. Hamas is not advocating for Palestinian Arabs. They're advocating for genocide against the Jewish people. Listen, my friend, uh, through uh, I, I, just so you know, I've just done my donation uh, online, and uh, you, you folks can do it too. Go to Love. Uh, Genesis, love.genesis123.co, love.genesis123.co. Give what you can and, and help these people as they try to reestablish everything. Jonathan, for your time today, sir, thank you very much. I will look forward to your columns again in the future going forward. Um, and uh, I want you to feel free. Um, I know that through your booker, she has my, um, my uh, email. Feel free to 
text me anything you think I need to know or anything I can do for you. For your time today, Jonathan Feldstein, sir, thank you so very, very much. Thank you. God bless you. Yeah, and you too, my friend. Um, Horrible place, horrible time. I mean, it's just, it's more than you could possibly imagine. Podcasts by Federated Media.